Hello and welcome to the Football Collective Podcast, the football research podcast for critical debate and discussion, highlighting members of the collective, their research and all football related things in their life. On today's episode we're going to be talking about sports science and how this affects football. So without further ado, I'd like to invite onto the podcast Professor Barry Drust from Liverpool John Moores University. How are you Barry? Hi Josh, I'm fine thank you. Nice, nice to speak to you, thanks for the opportunity to, um, to do something for the Football Collective podcast, it's really exciting. Uh, thank you for giving up your time first of all. Um, so if, if we'll just get straight into it, um, if you'd like to tell us a bit more about your research interests and uh, what you're currently focusing on at the moment and how you get, ended up joining the Collective, that'd be great. So, so, so I'm an exercise physiologist by trade. Um, and I was really lucky, I guess, a long time ago now to do my PhD um, in um, in really, I guess, specific um, physiological um, movements related to football. Now, just after finishing my PhD, um, I was also in the right place in the right time to kind of go to a university that was just in the initiation of a of a relationship with a professional football club. And so um, at that point, I kind of spent half my time in the academic institution and half my time working with the players. And I guess then from that early stage then, I suppose I've kind of always had this kind of like dual philosophy of trying to really underpin the basic um, physiology um, knowledge that I have with what actually is happening in the real world. And so um, most of the projects that I've got on at the minute um, are, are linked to physiology, are predominantly kind of like linked to understanding um, what happens to um, individuals when they're training, how we monitor what individuals are doing when they're training, and in some cases, I guess, what's the best way to measure those outcomes. Um, the, the Football Collective actually, um, I guess, is brought to my attention by, uh, by a guy called Dan Parnell. Dan um, is one of my ex-PhD students and I was lucky enough really, I guess, to kind of do some of this type of work at that time with Dan in a, in a setting that was more related to the community, with, with Everton in the community and looking at um, how it impacted kind of people's health. And then, um, you know, Dan introduced me to the collective really and I was lucky enough to go to the conference probably a couple of years ago now in Manchester that that um, you know made me really think positively about it as an organisation and, and what it was trying to do. So it's great to be able to to put something on here to kind of like spread a little bit of a different message because when I was there that day, you know, it seemed to be much more kind of like social sciences and orientation. So to talk about something a little bit different is is um, maybe going to potentially act as impetus to broaden its its scope. Well, hopefully that it does uh, broaden that because, as, as you say, so far it has been quite social science based, especially on the podcast. So hopefully this can be the start of a new, uh, diverse setting for the podcast. Um, so let's talk a little bit about sports science. Just a, a quick over overview of that. Um, what is sports science and what does it entail? I mean, at that level, I guess it's a really it's a really difficult question to answer because it's so broad. I think if we kind of maybe start to operationalise it a little bit to like think about about football and and how sports science may operate within football, you know, we can maybe we can maybe I guess get a little bit closer to the question. 
you know, what what has obviously happened over, I guess, the last 10 or 15 years is that, um, you know, the, the performance on, of players on the pitch um, is obviously uh, to, crucial to the team's success. You know, in fact, we, we, we think we know now that, um, you know, the more the better players are available, then more likely, you know, the team will, will get good outcomes. And so, I guess I'm really trying to understand a how we train players and b how we stop players getting injured is is something that's of interest. Um, I guess both to coaches and and to also people who kind of run and own football clubs. And so, what I suppose sports science is in football really it's 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 a way I guess to try and um, put processes and practices into football organisations that effectively help provide information um, and strategies to support the coach in developing um, an effective performance. And so at one level that could be, um, you know, delivering warm-ups on the field. At one level it could be like delivering kind of strength training sessions in the gym. On another level it could be trying to, understand relationships between what people do in training and whether they're more or less likely to get injured um, and so it, so it, it, it is it is broad but hopefully I think you know if we give it kind of a broad vaccination most things that, that would happen can fit under those categories so you talk about uh, the last 10 to 15 years especially with the it changing performance in in what sort of context has this changed football um and and was it before this 10 to 15 years was there a build up to that or was it just with a certain one certain change in uh, how someone's approached training footballers yeah look i mean i think i think the potential for science to influence performance as i guess has always been there um and i suppose prior to the last 10 to 15 years that application was was pretty ad hoc you know, I suppose things like the Olympics in 2012 and organisations like Team Sky that have kind of popularised the concept of marginal gains have kind of, I suppose, led to a belief that actually if you employ kind of sound process and you actually try and generate evidence around what could be important, you might be more successful. So I, I'm not sure that there was, there was any kind of one event. I think it's probably been a gradual process. I mean, I, I suppose you know the what what's often talked about is the um, the, the foreign coaches coming into the game and, and the expectation of foreign coaches around things like diet and fitness and training methodologies, and, and for sure, I think that probably played a part um, as well. But, but you know, I'm not sure there was there was there was any kind of one key thing, and probably. We're at a position now where um, sports science is, has never been, I suppose, more accepted in a way. And, and I kind of say accepted because accepted doesn't necessarily mean that it's been useful. Um, so, yeah, it was one event. I think it's been a much more gradual process. It's probably come about as a, as a combination of large factors, some of which have got nothing to do with football but more other sports. Which clubs would you say, or which managers uh, or coaches, and which sort of setups have the best use of sports science within football? It's a, that's a hard question to answer too. I mean, there's a bit of a pattern emerging here, right? Because you know, really, um, I think I think what probably 
is is key, partly key to a successful coach. Is that key? Is that is that coach having a philosophy? You know, and, and sometimes then that philosophy may or may not involve the use of kind of objective data, you know, i.e. sports science around things like training. And one of the problems that we've got really is actually it's quite difficult to demonstrate that, that sports science really does have an effect. And so and so sometimes it's, it's very um, easy to say, well, you know, it should be in the programme, it shouldn't be in the programme, the coach should use it, the coach shouldn't use it. And so I think actually... You know, taking a step back and thinking, well, what is the coach trying to do, and what is the best way for that coach, in able to obtain what he's trying to do, is a better way to look at it. And so then, in some cases, people are massively successful without necessarily having sports science as, as a core activity. In some cases, people do have it as a core activity, and that may or may not make them successful. And I suppose, in some ways, you know, maybe, maybe sports science, if it, if it impacts things around things like injury risk you know only as at best a kind of um i guess kind of non-direct impact on performance anyway and then potentially even on the coach because you know i mean the coach wants these players available to play but again different coaches may have different philosophies around which they want to get involved in what happens to an injured player so um you know i think sports science actually has probably got a much broader remit broader remit in how it can influence across the organisation and so whereas the coach may be one key stakeholder in that, there may be lots of others too What would you say the future for football and sports science and the relationship is with an increase in technology and more of an awareness around the the benefits and also the impacts of of incorrect use of sports science, Uh, where do you see this going? I mean I think we're at a really interesting time so for sure over the last 10 or 15 years it's radically grown you know in fact you could argue that some of the regulations now around things like the EPPP um, are, are actually really just based on sports science provision uh, especially for the category one clubs now um, I, I'm, I'm obviously an advocate though I'm the first person to admit actually at some levels it's very difficult to, to justify the outlay that some modern clubs now have on sports science and how much then it might actually influence what's going on. You know, I guess the, the, the next stage then really is to actually try and answer some of these questions about, well, are the things that we're doing actually successful, you know, and, and are they actually really influencing the decisions in clubs? Because I do think it's fair to say in some cases sports science exists but whether it's actually impacting practice could be another debate and so you know for sure we need to try and understand or try and find ways to evaluate if what we're doing has an impact and and then from there we could go one or two ways right we could use this as a platform to have more sports science or or the tensions that do exist around its use sometimes with coaches quite rightly you know, may actually lead to a complete kickback in which, you know, sports science has kind of had its golden day and maybe it didn't do what it suggested it did on the tin. And so now maybe clubs and coaches will try and find a different way to achieve their outcomes. So we're, we're probably in a really interesting time of balance, you know. Who knows Who knows which way that will tip. This has been brilliant. Um, again, thank you very much for your time. Um if you want to get involved in the debate, um, 
get involved on Twitter at the football collective underscore FB underscore collective. Um, leave some comments. Let's keep the debate going. Um, once again, thank you very much to Professor Barry Drust from Liverpool, John Moores, and we'll see you next time.